You're listening to the Ricky Long Podcast. You don't want to be chasing the burn in the gym. You don't want to be chasing high heart rates in the gym or a lot of sweat in the gym. Save all that for your classes. You want to be in the gym. You want to knock out you know, heavy sets in the leg press, bench press, chest press, overhead press, lap pull down, seated row, barbell rows, perhaps some Olympic lifting like deadlifts and cleans and clean presses, snatches, provided you've got the technique. Predominantly, simple sets of training. Occasionally, the odd drop set or superset. You're listening to the Ricky Long Podcast. Welcome to this episode of the Ricky Long Podcast. It is Q&A format, so I've taken a random selection of questions I got from the Instagram story over the last probably two weeks. Um, there's been loads of questions, which is quite unusual. Um, so what I thought I would do is I would just take some of the questions which kind of um, overlapped or got maybe the same type of question a couple of times, or just questions which I think that for you, the listener, will be quite beneficial. Um, a lot of Les Mills questions in there. Um, so if you are a good fitness instructor, Les Mills instructor, you'll probably get some value with this. If you've seen the answers on my Instagram stories, obviously on Instagram stories, you're limited the space, whereas here can go a little bit longer and hopefully in depth. And how I'm doing it is I've basically got the questions on the note section in front of me on my laptop and I'm just going to like kind of free spin the answer so some of it may be more coherent than other parts um, just before we start project me if you're looking coaching and personal training with myself and Lindsay before Christmas really really um, encourage you to get in now and inquire now you can do a free inquiry 15 minute call there's a link in the show notes um, to find out more about what our coaching can do for you um, the reason why you should get in now is it's obviously it's, it's October you're probably listening to this in October um, and come November and December we won't be taking on new clients in November and December simply because we're going to be building something for the new year so if you want to get any programming and you know get into quote-unquote shape, lose weight, um, feel good this side of Christmas, please, please, please inquire now. Um, also in the show notes, you can see a list of the questions and the order in which I'm going to answer them. Um, am I going to timestamp them? Mm, I don't know, will depend. It'll see how the edit goes. It's all being done in one take. Um, so I'll see you in the editing phase if uh, that is possible to do. But into the questions we'll go. And I've no names for any of these questions because I didn't take notes in this. Uh, so the first question is, how many recommended development points do you think instructors should do? Context, Les Mills instructors, per program, you've got to do two touch points, development points per program per year. Example, if you're a body pump instructor, through the year you've got to do what we, they're basically educational sessions. So you've got to do two of those per year, and that's what Les Mills pride themselves on, on keeping our instructors you know, as up-to-date as possible, as good as possible, um, as informed as possible as science and education develops. Um, and then, like I've said in that statement, you've got to do two per program per year to remain certified. That may or may not just be specific to the UK market, so I am just talking about UK right now. Um, what I would recommend you do is obviously do the minimum, but and what we should be doing as instructors is always be looking to learn. 
Um, and the way it works in the UK is you're paying a quarterly subscription. It's about £35 every quarter, which is really, really good value because it's like £11, £12 a month per program. And the, all the development points and education points which are available are included in that. So you could do two for £35 per quarter. What does that work out per year? 70, £140 per year. You could do your minimum of two development points or you could do as many as your calendar can fit in. Um, I really would encourage anyone who is wanting to just become a better instructor to look to how many development points can you do per program per year rather than thinking what's the minimum I can get away with. Look to do a maximum. And you want to do the development points that help you learn best. We're all coming out of COVID now, so this will have more kind of um, weight moving forward. You know, when, when live workshops maintain, if you are better doing the live events, then go and do the live events and don't do the online ones. If you don't have time to give up at the weekend to do the live events, obviously the online ones become more accessible to you. Then with the inception of Les Mills Connect, there's going to be things that you can do just anytime. So you don't need to wait for a calendar date and an invite. And you could essentially, every Monday night, for example, after you've finished your classes, you could have, you know, have a beer, have a coffee, decaf. You could sit and decide to learn about Program X every Monday night. So Monday night could be Body Pump. Next Monday night could be Body Attack. Next Monday night could be Balance. Next Monday night could be Bar. Just whatever. And if you could get into that, you know, really, really good learning kind of system and habit, it will really, really benefit you personally and professionally in your career. Um, so the recommendation from me, Ricky and all personally, is as many as possible that doesn't interfere with the health of your life yeah um the next question came in a really really funny question um because it does happen a lot uh do you ever get lost in the choreography when teaching and make mistakes flat answer is yes every instructor does any instructor who says they never make a choreography mistake is a lie um, um personally what, what happens to me when i do make a mistake it's one of two reasons. First reason is because I'm looking out and I'm maybe trying to you know help someone in the group, um, and because I'm trying to help that person, I've left it too late to cue what the next choreography change is, or I've left it too late for the thinking part of my brain to let me know what the next part of the choreography is. So I'll maybe make that little mistake. Um, and then the second reason I would make a choreography mistake is I'm just not prepared enough. I just don't know the choreography enough and rather than the music prompting me, I'm trying to remember, which is the exact worst place to be when you're an instructor. You're trying to remember what the choreography is before the music happens. So the best way to be is if you intimately know the music and intimately know how the choreography actually just sits on top of the music, it makes it so much easier. You, you're, you come from that teaching where the choreography is then natural. If you're thinking what the choreography is, it's going to be very, very restrictive in everything else you do. The analogy I gave on module trainings is like when you're driving a car, when you first started driving, you have to think about everything. Gears, handbrake, mirrors, pedals, accelerator, brake, clutch, indicate, mirrors, handbrake, gears, what gear do you need to be in for this speed? What does the engine sound like at that speed? What gear do you need to be going around the corner? Whereas once you've been driving for, you know, 50, 100, 1,000 journeys, 
all of that is automatic and it's the same with choreography um the more time you obviously teach a track and know the music the, the you know the more automatic it's going to become so does getting lost with choreography happen yes whose fault is that always mine it's always the instructor's fault mm. next one um i've paraphrased the question here so i think the question was um, how did World Mental Health Day treat you? Um, so World Mental Health Day was at the weekend there. It was on the 10th of October. Um, to be truthful with you, 100% truthful, um, I didn't know it was World Mental Health Day. The day just kind of passed me by, which isn't a good thing or a bad thing. It's just because, you know, I was busy doing other things and I obviously didn't see notifications anywhere on social media or email that, you know, it's World Mental Health Day 2021. Um... What World Mental Health Day has kind of almost evolved into, sometimes a little bit negatively, is people on social media just posting something about mental health for likes and comments, when I think what World Mental Health Day is meant to be, it's meant to be an opportunity for us all to just remind us to either reach out to someone um, and say, you know, I'm not doing too well, or reach out to someone and see how they are um and certainly in, in my world in my life i don't need just a day to do that you can reach out to me anytime or i know i can reach out to other people anytime um so if you do need that day just to remind you that is fair enough but i would encourage you you know once twice a week just you know even set a notification on your phone just randomly send a message to someone pick up the phone to someone and just say, yo, you know, Ben, how are you? No, really, how are you? Always ask it twice. <laughs> um, next one is walking enough to lose weight. Short answer, yes, but it depends. To lose weight, you need to be in a calorie deficit. Right? So if you are, like I said, this answer depends. So if you are at calorie maintenance and doing 10,000 steps a day, those 10,000 steps will only ever keep you at a calorie maintenance. So maintenance will keep you at the weight you're at, the body composition you're at. Calorie deficit will create conditions that will help you lose body fat. Calorie surplus will create conditions that will help you gain mass. And in this case, body fat is what we're talking about. So if you're already doing your 10,000 steps and you are in a calorie maintenance, you might need to do additional steps to bring yourself into a deficit. So let's just say you need to do another, you know, 5,000 steps. You need to do 15,000 steps. Your calorie intake is going to stay the same and all your other physical activity is going to stay the same. The only difference you've made is you're now walking an extra 5,000 steps a day, which is probably, you know, 25, 30 minutes. If you were to do your 15,000 steps a day, still eat the same amount of calories, still keep your physical activity the same and remain consistent with those three factors over a period of two, three, four, five, six weeks, yes, you will probably create conditions where you will lose body weight and lose body fat. So the question itself, it's a bit of a loaded question because is walking enough to lose weight? The answer is yes, but your walking must put you in a calorie deficit. So if right now, if you're ticking all the boxes and saying, oh, I'm walking 10,000 steps a day and I'm not, you're not losing any weight, it's probably because the 
calorie maintenance, sorry, the calorie intake you've got is maintaining where you're at. So what you would be better doing is either walking slightly more than what you're doing now, getting more steps in, or eating slightly less and working on the feedback of that. Ideally, you could do a little bit of both. So you could eat slightly less, maybe shave 200 calories off your, your daily intake of calories and increase your step by you know 20% for what you're doing right now. So if you were to look at your step tracker on your watch or your phone, it'll probably say you're in around 10,000 steps. Just for the next week, do 12,000 steps. And if you're using MyFitnessPal and you're normally eating 2,000 calories, eat 1,800 calories. And with that, over a space of a week, you should see a difference. Lindsay's just come into the kitchen. She's in the fridge. She's got a glass of wine. No, it's a bottle of water. It's 9 a.m. She looks offended. Um, oh, this is the first podcast I've done since Lindsay won Parkrun. Yay! <laughs> Lindsay won Parkrun. Um, she'll tell you about that in her own podcast. I'm sure she'll do a full episode about that. Well, why would you not? Why would you not? <laughs> Next one, uh, discuss, discuss instructor pay. This was a trigger question that somebody asked me because they just wanted me to rant about instructor pay. I've said enough about instructor pay in the past. I'm not really, don't feel the need to say too much. Bottom line is, group fitness instructors are not paid enough to teach group fitness classes um, and nobody cares. So why should I? Here's a list of people who don't care. Gyms, gym CEOs, gym managers, all staff in gyms. Uh, all training providers, UK active, government, nobody cares, um, and the group fitness instructor themselves. Um, quick stat for you, the average salary in the UK allegedly is about 25 grand. For a group fitness instructor to earn 25 grand at the class average of 20 pounds a class, that group fitness instructor would need to teach 23 classes a week over a 48-week year. That is not physically sustainable or possible. That group fitness instructor will get ill from teaching that amount of classes. So what said group fitness instructor needs to do then is they need to, for the, for their life, for them to earn a livable salary, is they're going to need to subsidize their income. So they'll probably have, a, most group fitness instructors, long-term group fitness instructors, um, have a steady income, a part-time job, and they teach part-time as well, or perhaps they'll teach full-time and teach part-time like in the evenings or mornings. That's what most long-term group fitness instructors do. There are a few who have a, a range of things that they do, um, but you only need to look around the industry. And the, and the reasons for that are, I've kind of already covered income. income. If you are teaching classes for the love and for the passion, you're an absolute numpty. Um, you're kind of ruining it for everyone because you're part of the reason that salaries are staying so low for group fitness instructors because group fitness instructors accept the low wage because we do it for the love, we do it for the passion. Well, love and passion don't pay the bills of the group fitness instructors who want to do it as a full-time job and a profession and as a specialist training provider. Rant over. Um, is, drinking, is drinking plain water better than flavoured water? So again, again, this answer depends. If you're not drinking any water and you start drinking flavoured water because you don't like plain water, then drinking flavoured water is better than drinking no water. Um, what... And then by turn of that, if you're drinking a lot of flavoured water, there may be certain, um, sort of looking for, chemicals in that, nutrition in that, in that, that aren't 
beneficial in high doses and high amounts. It won't do you any harm, you know, a couple of glasses a day, but maybe if you're drinking like three or four liters of diluted juice, um, there may be a lot of sugar in that, there may be a lot of chemicals in that, which may not be better than drinking plain water. So the rule of thumb is, you know, two liters a day, you will not go wrong with drinking two liters of water a day. That'll keep you fit and healthy. A uh, little life hack for you. If you are drinking, sorry, if you know your calorie target, if you just change that the liters, that's how much water you should have per day. So if you know you should be eating 2,000 calories a day, drink two liters a day. If you know you should be eating 3,000 calories a day, drink three liters a day. And then add on half a liter for every hour of exercise you do. And you'll probably drink that while you're exercising. Um, nice way rule of thumb. Um, plain water, flavored water won't really make too much of a difference. Um, personally speaking, I don't like cold plain water unless I'm training. Um, I would tend to lean for juices and sort through the day. Cool. Uh, next question: Have you used Les Mills Plus? Um, I'm probably the wrong person to ask here to explain what Les Mills Plus is. Um, so have I used Les Mills Plus? Yes. For those of you who have used Les Mills On Demand, Les Mills On Demand is a virtual streaming service, classes on your mobile phone. If you're Les Mills population, you'll know what it is. They have, they're in the process of rebranding that app. Les Mills On Demand is becoming Les Mills Plus. So if you use Les Mills On Demand, the same username, password that you have for Les Mills On Demand, Wow, I just paused because the big aircraft carrier just flew up the cloud and it's an amazing sight. There, you know the big planes that carry tanks? So noisy, yeah, I can't wait to listen to this back and see if you heard it. If you use Les Mills On Demand, that same login works for Les Mills Plus. If you use Les Mills On Demand right now on your like laptop or your TV, nothing's really going to change. But when you use Les Mills Plus on your phone, a lot of things have changed on it. So the app really, really takes a lot more information from you. You obviously volunteer this information. You know, you give the, you know, your name, your age, your weight, your interest, the classes you like, the times you can work out, the type of workouts you like to do. And then what the app does, the algorithm and app learns what you want to do and it will help you with workouts and it will guide you towards the workout. So it kind of becomes a little bit like a, like a virtual personal trainer. It'll advise the workouts you do. It'll also count the workouts you do. So if it has, over the pace of a couple of weeks, if it notices you're maybe doing a lot of you know cardio-based workouts, it will start to suggest to you, you need to do some mind-body strength workouts. So I like that. You know, for us fitness professionals, um, it, it probably has, you know, some uses. Um, for the non-fitness professionals going to use the app, um, it's going to have a lot more benefits for them. So it's, it is a good change. Next one. What is the biggest weight you've shifted when teaching? Hashtag my ego. Obviously a Les Mills question. Um, the short answer, I keep saying that, I keep starting this. Um, it was a time in body pump or in the squat track you could, you know, for a guy you could probably get 20 to 25 kilos each side. For females you probably get, you know, between 20 and 30 kilos each, no, between 
10 and 15 kilos each side on your bar so from the releases from like body pump 80 right up to like body pump 95 that was probably very very possible um since then what has changed in those squats tracks is we're now doing more reps and we're now doing faster reps as well and lots of pulses so that has meant the intense the weight comes down but the, the weight selection comes down but the intensity is going up we're burning more calories and we're still getting the same results um, so yeah, now I don't go over 10k each side. I find if I do go over 10k each side, um, I can really have problems with my hips and my knees. So I just stay nice and light, 10 kilograms each side for all squat tracks. Um, and the same can be said for grit back in the day and grit, grit was a little bit slower, you had more rest. So there was opportunity to go really, really heavy with your bar, like you were doing clean and presses and grit with like 15, 18k each side. Um, not so much anymore. No, there will be some people who do that, but not me. Uh, why isn't nutrition part of Les Mills? Good question. Um, the answer to that is, you know, Les Mills do fitness classes. You know, that's what, that's the lane Les Mills is in, in the fitness industry. They do fitness classes. They provide fitness classes. You know, why do my protein not do fitness classes? Because they're doing nutrition. Yeah. Why do Polar not do nutrition? Because they do heart rate monitor. So Les Mills do fitness classes and they specialize in doing fitness classes. Um, for those that use Les Mills On Demand or Les Mills Connect or Les Mills Plus, you'll see there is some nutrition content there. It's there more to support users rather than this is a nutrition course you can do. This is a diet plan you can do. This is um, education rather than or prescription on our product you don't pay les mills for nutrition you pay les mills for fitness classes and you'll get like nutrition and other stuff um as a little bit of a bonus how many times did i say um in that answer uh ricky what are you training for right now good question what i'm training for right now is drinking a glass of water here it's something I've been asking myself uh, as well. Uh, next year, the plan is to do another Ironman, hopefully a couple of marathons um, and a couple of big swims. I think I underestimated how much Ironman this year really took out of me. Not so much the event itself, probably this five, six months of training. Picked up quite a few niggling injuries, which I'm still working out now, specifically in my hip and my knee. And even my feet as well uh, so this year the rest of this year all I'm trying to do is continue to train and ease out those injuries my volume and intensity so my volume of training has come down the intensity of my training has probably gone up and only now in October Ironman was in July only now in October have I actually started to run again such was the the nickels I was getting specifically in my knee. Um, I think I had patella tendonitis, self-diagnosed. I'm now beginning to think there may also be cartilage damage in there. So in answer to your question, what I'm training for right now is just to have a base of fitness and then probably mid-November to January, I'm going to really increase the volume and in my head, I'm going to build up a crazy base level of fitness and get 
really, really went there. Do you know, I'm looking to do a lot of open water swims in the cold water, a lot of hill running in, you know, the, the brutal weather of, of Scotland, um, and then get my legs really, really conditioned for cycling. So as when it comes time to start Ironman program for next year, I'll be at a better start place than I was last year, a better mental place, a better physical place, um, all that's from experience. So as next year, when we do the Ironman next year, I can, yeah, let's just say do better than I did last year. I'm going to say do better. I'm not only referring to the time. There's a lot of variables in there. Um, there's quite a few things that I want to quote unquote do better. And this isn't the podcast for that. So the answer to your question, what am I training for right now is to have a nice base level of injury free fitness. Would you preference any type of weight training? I'm trying to remember this question. So would you preference any type of weight training? This question came specifically from a Les Mills instructor. Uh, the answer to that is, would you preference any type of weight training? Yes, I would preference for any group fitness instructor wanting to weight train in the gym. Compound movements, squats, deadlifts, um, pulls, presses. And simple compound sets. So sets of 8, sets of 12, sets of 5. There are the sets. And a preference that because what the last thing group fitness instructors need is more cardio, more intense workouts because you want to get a lot of that from your classes. So in the gym, what you want to be doing is you want to be lifting heavy. You want to be lifting heavy to stimulate the, the strength training muscles and get that muscle adaptation. You don't want to be chasing the burn in the gym. You don't want to be chasing high heart rates in the gym or a lot of sweat in the gym. Save all that for your classes. You want to be in the gym, you want to knock out you know, heavy sets in the leg press, bench press, chest press, overhead press, lap pull down, seated row, barbell rows, perhaps some Olympic lifting like deadlifts and cleans and clean presses, snatches provided you've got the technique. Predominantly simple sets of training, occasionally the odd drop set or superset. And you can do supersets on one muscle group, for example, you could do dumbbell flies, into bench press or you could do dumbbell flies into rear deltoid flies so that's front of the muscles sorry front of the body muscles against the back of the body muscles on that second analogy there so a preference compound training every time if you are a if you're not a group fitness instructor and you're maybe doing like three four classes a week i wouldn't put you in just the same category i'd say you're definitely in the gym on the gym floor you want to be doing a certain amount of accessory exercise and metcon exercises. Accessory exercises comes after compound. So compound would be a squat, accessory would be a leg extension or a leg curl, and the metcon would be like 50 squats supersetted with you know 50 burpees supersetted with a five-minute run on the treadmill as many times as possible um, in 30 minutes. That's one hell of a workout. <laughs> yeah. Um, that's what I would recommend for a non-fitness instructor. The non-fitness instructor can afford to do that because he or she doesn't then need to recover to go and teach a class to earn a living, which a group fitness instructor does. If you can hear um, what sounds like me or Lindsay farting, it's actually Causeway snoring. 
<laughs> um, so that's what I would preference my training and a lot of my clients training to do a lot of success with that always will last one uh, <laughs> I love this question because it was cold water sea dips question mark perhaps that question means how do you feel about cold water sea dips or do you do cold water sea dips a lot of stuff like that uh, I don't do cold water sea dips. There are a lot of physical, physiological and psychological benefits for doing cold water sea dips. I know that. Um, the idea of taking 30 to 60 minutes out of my day to go and do a cold water sea dip, there's too much stress, there's too much work in that, which and this is coming from someone who lives across the road from the sea. There's just too, too much negativity, too much work in that to go and get the benefits from it, if you know what I mean. I prefer to go and swim in the sea in my wetsuit. That's that's enough for me, or do my cold shower. Um, so many benefits from having a, uh, a cold shower or a cold sea dip. Um, if you, you really don't understand the benefits until like you do it for, let's say, seven days in a row. So if you manage to just turn the shower on, cold water for the last 30 seconds of your morning or evening shower, Benefits are, there's so many benefits, you get increased blood flow, increased oxygen in the head, you get an endorphin rush, you get an adrenaline rush, you get a dopamine rush, you'll be able to think clear because your nerves become more stimulated, um, if you are suffering any like injuries or any fatigue from training, the cold water itself will really want to stimulate the, the muscle recovery, you want to get a massive pump through the muscles of fresh blood coming in, particularly in the areas where the cold water has contacted. That's why sea dips is superior to a cold water shower for physical benefits. Uh, I would argue a cold water shower is as beneficial to the sea dip um, in terms of the mental benefits. Uh, obviously, it won't be as cold, so I know people can argue with me, but I would highly recommend people at least try a cold water sea dip and try for yourself. And if you're not prepared to do that, do the cold water shower. Cold water shower is probably, I would find it easier to jump into the sea in just my trunks than I do to actually turn the knob on the shower from hot to cold because the hot feels so good and you know how bad the cold's going to feel. If you're standing on the edge of the water or edge of the sea in your trunks, you're already cold, so getting into the water is not going to be that much worse. It's pretty much, sometimes it's actually going to be warmer. So right now, if I was standing outside, the temperature outside is like 8, 9 degrees. I know the temperature of the Clyde, it's still 15 degrees. So technically the water's warmer than it is standing on the side of the water. There you go. Q&A done. 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, 13 questions. 13. Unlucky for some, not for you. Uh, personal training links in the bio looking to take on people uh, this month uh, this week preferably um, so if you're listening to this after the 20th of October um, st still inquire um, but predominantly this week we're trying to onboard we've got four calls this week itself um, and that's all we want to do Working Long Podcast. If you liked it, put it in your Instagram story. If you didn't like it, keep your negativity to yourself. Love you. Bye. You are listening to the Ricky Long Podcast, where international fitness entrepreneur Ricky Long answers your questions and interviews fitness leaders on training, nutrition, and mindset. Be sure to leave a review on iTunes.